Listener Production. Whether you drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk or chalky milk, we've got a seat at the table for you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, the circus is in town, Alex Dyson. Oh, what's happening? Is it is one of the good um, artistic Cirque du Soleil's? Are we talking the old ones that used to roam the country towns with all sorts of questionable practices? Nah, just a pack of clowns, mate. This one being your number one bozo. Drove to the gym, walked home, forgot. Oh, mate. I did that thing where I'm like... Oh, Wait mate. a minute, my car's been stolen! You should have <laughs> known after you got out of your car at the gym and then 20 other people dressed in uh, red noses and big shoes got out with you out <laughs> of your clown out. car. <laughs> well, I think that the the, um, the giveaway would have been when I rode that miniature bicycle through the doors <laughs> into the uh, weights area. But so no, wait, look- you got home and then you thought your car had been stolen. I wasn't, I wasn't fully home, I was almost home and then I was like, uh-oh. Uh, it reminded me of the time when I did think my car was stolen because we'd driven. To, I drove to work. Um, this is at Triple J. I drove to work on the Friday, then we went out like that night. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know. The weekend just, happened. Just and like, I go yeah, to we work. finish work at nine a.m. I'll just let everyone know that. <laughs> but then the weekend happened, and then I would go to go downstairs to drive to work on the, the Monday weekend. morning, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> my car has been stolen." <laughs> Uh, and then I remember I had to tr- backtrack through three days of, of <laughs> memories. But anyways, I got there. Hey, look, big show today. Oh, huge show. We're going to be chatting to, speaking of Triple J, uh, former Triple J employee Bill Birdles. Now, if you don't follow Triple J newsreaders after they finish giving you the news there, it would be well worth doing. People go on to do incredible things. Man, run One working at Four Corners, Bill Birdles was the China correspondent for the ABC and recently had to get evacuated back to Australia because the political tensions, they're rising, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, it's wild. It seems like every single story is about tensions that are happening in uh, certain seas around the world, which I don't know anything about, which I'll be excited to talk to Bill about. Hey, we're, we're, it's a very political show because we're also going to be talking budgets. Oh, get out the checkbook um, and balance it because come next... <laughs> We're going to be taking a deep dive into what's happening tonight. It is a big day in politics, and who better to be looking at it than your boys, Matt and Alex, on All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. The answer is there's lots of people better. There are plenty, and you can go and find better people to talk about the budget elsewhere. But have you, seen the, have you seen the Sky News ads for the budget? <laughs> um, I do have Sky set. News on a loop in my household 24-7, <laughs> so yes, Matt. It is dead set like State of Origin. It's like... <laughs> Join us on budget night. The big players, the big spenders. (laughs) Wow, this is, you guys are working so hard to make this seem remotely cool. Yeah, well, this evening, uh, there is the budget lock in. That's where the treasurer and the team uh, present journalists with a big stack of papers. They're locked in, they get a long time to look at it, pour over it before coming out with their articles for the Mate, next that morning. That is a and lame ass lock in, honestly. I tell, you, I tell what, you what, I was on tour in Proserpine, Queensland. The local pub had a lock in. That was a lock in. Yeah. There was not a single well, Excel sheet going around. The old Matt and Alex uh, all day breakfast live party, <laughs> bit of a good lock in there. And unlike. Our lock-in the other night, I doubt that they're near Parliament House. 
in the lock-in. There's not going to be four Brazilians turning up because they, they heard there's a good time inside. I will tell you that much. But it is very important, Matt O'Kind, because it's these kind of financial decisions which set the trajectory that our beautiful country is going to be taking uh, for the next 12 months uh, based on the things that politicians are finding important and think that they should be more funded. Um, Treasurer Josh Feidenberg will be delivering it at 7.30 tonight. And uh, it's interesting because we had one recently because last budget was delayed because of this whole whole COVID thing. And so we had one last year in October, um, but we're going the big boy now, proper Proper times. Yeah. Look, it's exciting. Um, the opposition's not so excited, though. They've sort of had a sneak peek, it seems, and they've said, uh, you know, this is like a showbag budget. That's what our Anthony Albanese said. It's a bit. That's a bit of a diss, isn't it? Showbag budget. Well, depends on the showbag. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Bertie Beetle, that's good value. This is. It seems to me that Albanese thinks this is the greatest showbag in the world sort of budget. You know, where if you do the math, big talk. Yes. Not a Just lot of chocolate. Just because there's an explosion on the front, <laughs> on the back, doesn't mean that it's actually mm. dynamite. But from but, all reports, um, we're looking at infrastructure. Uh, there has been word that it's going to be a budget to- geared towards women, but a lot of eyes will be on uh, how much the government does put towards uh, combating climate change. Uh, there's been a study that's saying uh, the current governments, uh, the Morrison government, giving 16 cents out of every $100 towards things for the climate crisis, which is down uh, from 2013, where 25 cents in every $100 was spent going towards it. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens tonight. Well, actually, you know that we've got some some snoops uh, in the Matt and Alex team, some people who dig deep some moles. Yeah. Much like Dr. Robotnik in the first level of Sonic 2, oh uh, we've got the drilly nose machine that goes down underneath the surface and pops up in and you know, Parliament much, House. Much like Menulog, we've paid a lot of money for a snoop. And we've got someone <laughs> to delve into the budget papers ahead of tonight's big announcement, Matt O'Kine, um, to have a look at what we're going to be going with. Um, <clears throat> what do you reckon he might? Let's, let's have a look. The exclusive, Matt and I ex- exclusive look at the 2021 federal budget. Well, first up, the government had taken a leaf out of breakfast TV books. And uh, before you can even claim any of these incentives, you have to sit by your phone, pick up within three rings and answer, I wake up with ScoMo. <laughs> Um, the multinationals will be treated to further tax breaks, uh, essentially paying zero tax, whilst our health- healthcare professionals from the front line of the last year of pandemic will do the first federal scab grab. So uh, they'll be given all the old government laptops and uh, they'll just start crypto mining from their isolation cells. People who drive cars are in for a big be- benefit this uh, this year. Everyone's going to get $50 one week uh, so they can finally buy the premium unleaded. Never going to happen. The <laughs> stuff that's nine cents extra that makes you wonder, is it really going to clean my engine? <laughs> yeah, you can have a li- as much little petrol o- amoebas in your ads as you want. I don't I don't see their scrub and brush at the Bowser. Uh, job seeker and job keeper will be scrapped, replaced with the school shrapnel uh, method. And that is anyone not working is entitled to the coins in the ashtray from dad's car. 
and also good news, they've promised $35 million to first home buyers. Oh no, sorry, that's first home buyer. A single buyer, <laughs> which uh, $35 million is hopefully enough for half a deposit with the help from mum and dad. So there you go. Uh, very exciting budget news happening this year. We wish all the best to the winners and losers of the 2021. Because oh, I think that's budge. what they're doing. They keep giving help to first home buyers. It's like the more help people have, the more expensive everything's going to be. <laughs> Start taking away <laughs> the incentives, the people. Take away the bottom rung of the ladder. Make everyone crawl up. They keep giving people trampolines. Widen the gap. That's what I'm trying to say. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Now I feel a buzz. Now, we did make fun of uh, Sky News a little bit earlier on, but um, there could be a little bit of jealousy in that matter, kind because we know that a few of these... Big shouty boys who get on the television and blow a bit of wind out the old esophagus through through dat larynx. They uh, they get they get a bit of attention, don't they? Well, be honest, Alex Dyson. You've said that you've applied for the block a few times and that they mm. haven't gotten back to you. But yep. the the block isn't the block is just a euphemism, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, I actually mean the, uh, I do the real show I want to get to. It's just a stepping stone so I can have my name followed by report. Um, the Dyson report or live Alex Dyson live with opinions. Um, because we do know that, uh, once a week we like to start telling it like it is for once. Um, we're sick of keeping up appearances and just once in order to re- win that ratings war, we try to get a little bit fired up, Matt O'Kine. Can I just apologise to the whole crowd that was the live show last week? Because uh, I don't think anyone... Well, anyone... I thought in this segment we make no apologies. No, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I have no regrets about forcing everyone in the mm. room to don a raincoat for assuming that the fire... Um, the fire alarms had gone off for being coated in saliva because you do give things a solid spray. Yeah, that's right. In this segment, Rant Dog, I do like to um, just unleash the throttle a little bit and uh, let this rat dog just work that tongue hard. As you can see, I mean, the, the tongue's still, still working Rat's well tongue, yes. Rat's tongue. I better bring Rat's this out for the segment because... By looking by nature. Because it's going to start waggling, um, but it can't start on its own. We need you to give us something that's been really annoying you recently. Uh, the rant dog can then tell it like it is and hopefully enact some change uh, in the the mad world in which we find ourselves. And uh, look, John from Newcastle has done that. There's something that's really pissing him off and he wasn't shy about it. Hey, boys, it's John from Newey here. Um, I've got one for Rant Dog, actually, and it's pretty easily summed up in three words. And before I get into it, I might have to just uh, warn your listeners that these three words can be very triggering. Those words are easy to assemble. Because I tell you what, I got my near 18-month-old daughter a buddy doll's house for Christmas. Easy to assemble. Absolute disaster. Christmas Eve took forever and the kitchen ended up being where the dining room was meant to be. Wife wasn't happy. 
disaster, but Randog, let me know your thoughts. Easy to assemble. Oh, Addy. Oh, no. Oh, he's yanking the, he's yanking the rat's tongue. It's I'd getting the what. engines going. No, I'm not, I'm not sure about this, John, because you say easy to assemble, right? I think that I think that's actually that's actually quite fine. These companies that do that because I'm I'm one of those I'm a simple guy. When I go down to um my local pizza joint, I ask him just you know dump some dough on the table, give me a little bit of ham, chuck some cheese next to me, pop my little tin of pineapple there, and a little king. I like to I like to put it all together myself. So when I go to the car yard, I'm like, nah, don't what all in one? No, just give me a few wheels. Just give me a couple of axles and some gla- some sand that I could turn into glass and make a windscreen. I love putting it together myself. Why would I do it with furniture? I don't do it with anything else. Give it to me whole. While we're at it, three other words, companies, batteries not included. Why not? Put some in there. You know I'm going to need them. You deliberately remove them from the packaging. Two trips down to the shop just so I can make my body remote work. No! <sighs> Whoa. Um, Matt O'Kine, what do you think of the three words? Sorry, 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 sorry. I can't call. can't call. I, I can't talk. I can't talk. Hold on. What? What's going Hello? on? Taking a phone call in the Sky middle News. of... News. Yeah, yeah. No, he is available. Yeah, no. <laughs> really? After that one? Okay, well, uh, I'll let him know. <laughs> Good news, you're on the long list. <laughs> Easy to assemble, Matakine. I tried to put it together a wardrobe the other day. First step, stuffed it. <laughs> Straight up the top. Oh, mate, I have dead set gotten instructions that have all of the pieces. There's two steps, all of the pieces apart, the whole finished product. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Just several arrows just going into places, like pointing at it. Like, I want a single piece of paper. <laughs> a single piece. And he's like, put it, and just arrows just all coming in. <laughs> like it's pointing all together at a single dot on the map. What are you people doing? Another one. Results may vary. Well, stop it. Pick one <laughs> results. I don't want different. If I'm getting it. I, I want it for one result. It's not a lucky dip here. Medicine. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I get a little bit of sidetracked there, but I think John from Newcastle makes a very, very good point, Matt O'Kine. Well, look, you'll be glad to know I've been furiously writing down that easy to assemble those three words, mm. if you rearrange, rearrange the letters, they, um, they, they uh, make... Um, oh, Lee... Beast, my ass. All right. So that's one. Or they can say, <laughs> they can say, oh, sassy malt B. So B with three E's. Right. Is I, I kind of hoped that I could rearrange the letters into something more fitting. Yeah. You know what you, uh, you oh, thought malt. then? You know what you thought on that? What? You thought the letters would be easy to assemble. Well, they're not, <laughs> mate. Just like your furniture. So cut it out. Give it to us whole. That's Rant Dog done for another week. Order up.
Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt, after we finished up at Triple J, I was lucky enough to go on a bit of a trip around the world. And as I was passing through Beijing, China, about to jump on the train over to St. Petersburg, I stopped off and had some Peking duck with one of the best blokes we used to work at, who was at the time the ABC correspondent for China, living over there, speaking the language, absolutely killing it. But since then... Things have gotten frosty. We're talking drums of war. We've got Hong Kong protests, so much stuff going on. And he's just brought out a book, The Truth About China, because it all came to a head where he was evacuated from the country in order to not get arrested. It's a wild story. And to tell us all about it, the gentleman joins us right now, Mr. Bill Bertles. Hello. Thank you, Alex. I do remember eating Peking duck and enjoying a couple of pints. (laughs) Of uh, craft beer, not really traditional Chinese style. I think it was like American craft beer, but it tasted good nonetheless. I've seen a lot of headlines about China recently. Oh, um, people lot. love a headline. I really, and, and you know, every day I seesaw between like, are we all going to die or is this actually <laughs> just a total beat up? Well, Matt, uh, somewhere in between, I reckon. Like all, all good things, the truth is somewhere in between. Um, yeah, look, some of the headlines you read these days about China are pretty excessive. And um, sometimes you do see stories where they just take the worst, take things in the worst possible faith. Mm. Like, you know, this rocket that, uh, this Chinese rocket that is uh, hurtled back to Earth, it ended up crashing in the Indian Ocean, uh, not too far from the Maldives. But yesterday, before, well, before it crashed into the sea, you had all these news news reports saying like an out-of-control Chinese rocket is hurtling towards Earth and they don't know where it will land. And, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, it could, it could hit a city or something. But in the end, it didn't crash into the ocean. So you see a lot of that. But on the flip side, yeah, things have got really dicey up there. And, uh, I mean, Alex was rolling through, I think it was about, what, 2017 yeah. maybe? Is that about right? That sounds all right, right. And that was sort of the years when it started to all go off the rails. And to be honest, um, you know, these days you've got a couple of Aussies and a slammer up in uh, China for what looks like political reasons. Got a couple of Canadians in jail up there for for basically hostage diplomacy. Uh, You've got, um, well, we were rushed out of China, Mike Smith, the other journalist, and myself uh, last year. There's really a lot of things unravelling these days. Yeah, if you can imagine getting a phone call and said, I mean, I moved house recently, Bill. I moved um, just in the same city and I did it over the course of about three weeks, just gradually packing up, moving stuff away. Can you tell us about the phone call you got and then what you had to do as a result? Yeah, so like the thing was um, we get this phone call, basically the diplomats from the Australian embassy just saying you have to leave immediately. Um, We're worried that you're going to be arrested by the Chinese police and possibly charged with some sort of vague national security crime. And it sounds kind of extreme. And at the time on the ground, um, what had just happened is this Australian, Chinese-Australian journalist named Chung Lei had just been detained under those exact circumstances. So there was good reason for people to be concerned, but I kind of didn't believe it because I just thought it was all a bit too extreme. And so, yeah, they basically said, uh, come to the embassy first thing in the morning and we'll brief you. And before you know it, it turned into don't leave the embassy for your own safety. Just stay in the embassy while we work this out. 
And so, yeah, we were taking shelter in the embassy for like five days. What's the terrifying thing about that? Because you knew Chung Lei, quite a famous uh, Australian-China national who was on the um, television network over there. And I think you didn't believe because they just go quiet. It's not a big, you know, fanfare about this person is um, under arrest for these crimes. It's a real just disappearance and people just stop hearing from them. I mean, she got taken away from her apartment and uh, they, they lock them in a, in a prison and they don't need to uh, let them, well, because it's national security, you don't need, the Chinese authorities don't need to allow them to see a lawyer. She, it's been nine months now and she's a mother of two. Her kids are in Melbourne. Uh, she still hasn't been allowed to, to speak to a lawyer about her case. It's just ridiculous. Um, she's under investigation for leaking state secrets um, very well known in the Australian community up in Beijing. She's an absolute knockabout. Um, bit of, <laughs> I suppose she wouldn't mind saying a bit of a Queensland bogan, really. That's how she sort of <laughs> described herself. You know, um, love to laugh, love to joke around. And she is the last person that anybody would suspect to be doing anything wrong. So we think politics is at play. Uh, we know in prison once a month when she is allowed to do a sort of Zoom call to Australian diplomats under a consular agreement, um, they bring her into the room, the cell, where there is the video camera and she's blindfolded, she's handcuffed. They put a wooden restraint across her lap. So it's, it's, this is like a mother of two. She's in her mid-40s. It, it, you know, it's kind of unnecessary, right? And so it's just kind of awful, the conditions that uh, we're hearing about. But you would have been scared, Bill, because in the um, in your book, uh, The Truth About China, China talks about these days when you had to escape. They put a, a non-flight... Uh, an exit ban. Exit ban. You weren't allowed to leave. And in fact, you had to agree before they'd let you leave to an interview because these police came to your house. You had to go to a hotel. Can you tell us about that really weird experience? Well, okay. The thing was, because I didn't really want to leave and I thought that everybody overseas was getting too worked up about how scary China actually was. So I didn't really believe that I was under too much of a safety threat. So, you know, the diplomats are saying, you got to go. We have reason to think you're about to get detained. And I was like, oh, Really? I don't know if that's true. It means shutting down the ABC Bureau in Beijing, et cetera. And then seven cops turn up at midnight to my place, like seven of them at midnight. And I thought, you know, holy shit, the diplomats are right. I'm Come about- on, mate. We've all had a house party, Bill. There's no need to um, <laughs> be worried this, about this. This wasn't a noise complaint. <laughs> this is uh, political well, intrigue. Well, this is the thing. I had people over at my place because I said to my mates, everybody, come over. I've got some, something's going down. I need to tell you about it in person, not over the phone. Uh, can you all come to my place tonight? And so actually we did have some friends over who were sort of helping pack they were also drinking whatever booze was left in the house. So the funny thing is when the cops did knock on the door at midnight, I actually, I, for a moment, I thought, oh, shit, it's a noise complaint because why else would there be police at midnight? And you stick your door, your head out the door and you see seven of them. You go, oh, shit, DFAT's right. I'm about to get poached. And for that minute, I thought, holy crap, this is I, – I suppose I wasn't as worried as you might think because I was so stressed anyway about all these orders to leave the country. But, no, they were there to arrest me. They uh, said <laughs> – they said, you know, exit ban, you're a person of interest. We're going to call you tomorrow to chat. Have a chat tomorrow. Right, and off they went. I mean, they didn't need seven of them to tell you that, did they? That's, that, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty yeah. scary. <laughs> so that was weird enough, right? And, and then eventually, you know, we end up at the embassy and it becomes a big thing. We're trying to keep it from breaking in the media because the, the theory was if it blew up in the media, the Chinese side would sort of be forced to dig in because of this nationalistic rage in China. How dare these Australians not cooperate with the investigation? How dare the Australian diplomats hide them in the embassy? 
you know, that sort of idea. Mm. So um, eventually we kind of had no choice but to agree to do an interrogation and in exchange for meeting with the police in that way, they would lift the exit ban and we could leave China. And it was at a hotel. It was sort of like a holiday inn, kind of mid, mid-range, mid not particularly nice. Like, and we're sitting there and there's like a video camera and four cops. And the whole thing is surreal because I worked out pretty quickly in this interview that actually it's not a real interview. They're not interviewing me to get anything of, of substance about Chung Lei, this woman who's in jail, because although I do know her, although I'm sort of friends with her, they clearly know that you would have interrogated other people who are much closer to her mm. if you actually wanted to get real information for her case. I, of course, didn't want to say anything that incriminates her, but you could tell that they knew that there wasn't anything in particular they were looking for. And so this farcical interview kind of goes in circles for about 45 minutes to an hour. I'm getting frustrated because I realise, holy crap, I'm getting rushed out of China for this. You know, this isn't even a real investigation. And at the end of it, there's a bottle of wine sitting on the minibar and I sort of crack this joke with like the old Beijing cop who's the interrogator. He's like, all right, anything else? It's time to go. And I said, oh, after going through all that, this is all in Chinese, of course. Can you can you say it in Mandarin? No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like, you know, and it's like, you know, at the very least, can you give me this uh, bottle of wine? I'm tired. <laughs> and he's like, Ho, 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 yes, 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 and foisted into my hand. Have it, it's cheap, it's very cheap. <laughs> so that kind of gave you an impression of, of like how serious they were by the end of it. And which but, way do you see it going, Bill? Is it going to continue down this trajectory of things getting more tense, more secrecy around, or do you think there could be a turning point where it starts being a little bit more transparency in there and the uh, the government starts loosening a little bit of its grip on the Chinese narrative for the people uh, within within their country. Yeah, I think we've got a rough ride for uh, quite some time to go because uh, obviously China's leader, Xi Jinping, is quite obvious from everything he does that he's, he's, he's convinced that this more authoritarian, more nationalistic uh, path is really working well for China, you know, more censorship, more tight control. They look at the coronavirus in uh, Europe, the US, all these other countries, India, and they go, what a mess. Uh, even though the pandemic started in China, they sort of have managed to flip the narrative domestically. And about half the country, if you ask them where did coronavirus begin, they'll tell you it wasn't in China. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's a parallel world over there for information. Um, propaganda and censorship really, really works. So um, I think the current mob running China think they're on an absolute winner with all this stuff. And they also think that they tend to get their way when it comes to all this nationalism stuff. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to get easier at all. I think probably in the coming years it's only going to continue this way. Look, it's an incredible insight from uh, someone who was able to live there, work from there, and uh, and is now back on home soil. We thank you so much, Bill Bertels, for, uh, for sharing so much in your new book, which is out now, The Truth About China, um, and you can get it from wherever you get your books. But uh, no, thank you for joining us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate the chat. In a bit of a conversation circle uh, over the weekend, Matt O'Kine, and um, someone I just met was like the friend of my friend, was having a little bit of chat and was lamenting um, I think a date that they'd been on recently, saying it's like, oh, this, this 
do just wanted to talk about the lamest stuff. Okay, not oh. interesting at all. Oh, uh, you okay. don't want to be that person, do you? No, you just you want to <laughs> you want to hit the good good topics. Oh no! But, but was, now I'm so, but no one sets out to be the lamest person, do they? I don't think the lamest person would know they're the lamest person. That's the thing. What if, what if we're the lamest person? Do you know what I mean? Um, there's there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. Uh, we've talked about some lame things. Because <laughs> I tell you what, I got I love. I mean, the I have had some. I had a conversation over dinner with some friends twice in the same night. Two different sets of friends, and we've hit the same. We've hit the age group where yeah. We just had repeated conversations about the exact same things. Ooh. Loved it both times. <laughs> well, that could be dangerous. Because so I ended up asking a question and I was like, because it reminded me of, um, you know, you, where you can have three people around for dinner, living or dead, who would you pick kind of thing? I am. Yeah. So I asked them, it's like, oh, well, what three conversation topics would you want as a must on your first date. Yeah, right, eh? Right, which would be interesting. I thought I thought that was an interesting question. And then they turned it directly around on me, going, like, well, what would you do? And I um I had to have a think about it. And I'm like, I find it interesting asking, I guess, what I want to know is like, why are you why you are? <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Why yep. did you turn out the, the way that you did? Kind of thing. What is it going in? What were some formative experiences? And this person, you know, didn't really answer it and asked if I if I'd been to therapy before. But the um, <laughs> but the other person I asked it to jumped on the questions like, "Oh my god, I was born here. This happened. This happened. This bu- I got bullied at this point. This is when my parents split up. This is what this sort of thing." And I was it was fascinating. Went through this whole thing. Yeah. And this is where I found out about this, and then what the first big death in my life. And I'm like, that was so really intriguing. So I was wondering, Matt O'Kind, if you have some, um, what are your big conversations? If you had to be on a date, it was really stale. What would be the three things you'd want to want to have? What would you talk about? Oh, I mean, look, I've like I said, I had two two different hangouts over the weekend with friends. We're all about thirty five. You know the three things we talked about: best places to eat in Brisbane, um, <laughs> what to expect when you have a baby, because two of the people were pregnant. Man, all I, right, and I would really, I wouldn't love this conversation. Where, where, like, what sort of pram they're getting? Whether oh. they're getting a bassinet? Are they going to be doing co sleeping or not? <laughs> Um, you know, whether you need a capsule or a car seat or, right, you know, a capsule. One. What was the next one? What was the next one? Um, and then, then re- how much their real estate had gone up since they bought a year ago. Oh, so, God. and I tell you what, I absolutely loved it the whole <laughs> way through. I was so disappointed when the night ended. Would they be your three? I mean, they're not my three, but I love those things. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what I like talking about is the time my plane got hit by lightning. Wow. <laughs> Why do you like re- reminiscing about that terrifying moment? I just think it's interesting. I yeah. don't know anyone else. No one else has told me about the time their plane got hit by lightning. I saw but some, I was some... I was very well, like it was like something that happened to me. See, Bron's looking now. She's like, I want to hear more. Bron? Well, or she's got her own thing she'd prefer to talk about. Would it be a top top conversation topic for you? What if someone would just bring it up? You're like, oh, my God, yes. Can I please talk about this? You're putting me on the spot here. I like talking about conspiracy theories. Oh, <laughs> right? uh, yeah. Like, or the truth, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, like unsolved <laughs> mysteries. I really, really enjoy. Yeah, oh my God. Quite interesting. Like I remember growing up, if like if someone asked me this question, 
when I was about, you know, seven or eight, I would have said Bermuda Triangle, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so if I was on a date with someone and they're like, well, they really haven't invested out of that Bermuda Triangle recently. I'm like, please tell me more. Remember those Spitfire planes going over? They disappeared? It's, I don't think it's as alluring, as, as, as wild as you think it. Like, it's like, I used to think like, it was like Bermuda Triangle was like anything that went inside it disappeared. It's not mm. like that though, you know? <laughs> well, well, I don't know. It has gone off the boil. It, it <laughs> does seem to be a bit of a scare campaign at the time. Do you know what else is a big scare campaign at the time? What? No more tears shampoo. The amount of tears that you get from the shampoo. I haven't thought about that for a long time, but I still, to this day, do everything to avoid shampoo getting in my eyes. But I have never... I've no. never had tears. All right, Brian. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's no tears, like your hair doesn't tear. No, no, I'm pretty what? sure it's no more tears. As in, if it gets in your eyes, it won't hurt. No, I think I, I've i heard this is another conspiracy. <laughs> oh, wow. This is red hot. What? I'm going to Google Hang this. On a no second. more tears. Hang on a second. Shampoo. No more tears as in split ends in your hair, Bron. I've heard that before. I don't know if it's true. I think it's for baby shampoo, no more tears. Yeah, because it's, it's for babies. Like, I mean, that's why That's <laughs> why you get it. No tears, kids shampoo. Yeah, Bron, is that, that's a game changer for Bron, producer Bron right there. Wait, um, let me look this up. <laughs> no, well, look. Well, you look that up, Bron. We'll talk about, because we did ask you, what conversation topics would you love to pop up um, black holes one suggestion I don't kind you you love a love a discussion about wait, space wait. and yeah black holes I mean that's always that's always I mean you know the, the what is the universe and mm. you know what color is how do we know we're seeing the same colors <laughs> another um, suggestion crypto how's your wallet going mate oh do you want to I'm, I'm going red hot actually I shouldn't <laughs> be I shouldn't be um, bragging but after losing Almost $400 immediately. <laughs> I'm now up about two grand. So oh, that's mate. Cool. Done very, it's very all Ethereum. well. Ethereum's gone, you know, going through the roof at the moment. I mean, I'm going to lose it all. It doesn't matter. I'm literally going to lose it all. <laughs> Vaccinations, a topic people want to talk about. Uh -oh. I don't know. You don't want to what be What are they talking about vaxxers for? I talked about vaccines on the weekend. You don't want to drop that in a, a big bomb dinner party these days because people can be, you don't know You don't know who's, who's around and what their stances are. Well, yes or no, but you could drop it on a date because... Oh, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna know how compatible you are almost immediately. That should just be the first thing you should ask. Do you know what I mean? You don't want that coming out on the wedding day when you're like, yeah. "Well, we're gonna have a lot of friends and family around. Better get vaccinated." And they're like, oh, "I don't believe in that." And you're like, "No, we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're not together." In, in um, in sickness and in health. <laughs> well, yes. speaking of sickness, <laughs> wait, no, stop. <laughs> Stop the count. <laughs> um, anyway, Bron, you've had a bit of time to do some research. What are we landing on? There's conflicting articles. Oh, really? <laughs> There's oh, no conflicting really? articles. I'm looking on Reddit right now and someone's saying it was, supposed to mean, <laughs> it was supposed to mean tangles would come out easier, meaning no tears when you're brushing and combing. No, and then that gets three up likes, as does the actual answer, which is tear-free shampoo is less irritating if it gets in your eyes. Mm. So that gets three up likes. And then underneath the it's supposed to mean less tangles. They come out easier. Someone said, bullshit. Okay, this is what they've written. They've said, bullshit, don't spread lies. Johnson & Johnson came out with no tears baby shampoo. It was the first of its kind and allowed one to wash a baby without their eyes stinging and getting red. And if you click on the johnsonsprofessional.com link, it says the page isn't working. Okay, so... <laughs> 
So, okay, I jumped the gun a little bit. The conspiracy grows. Really, the conspiracy grows. It says that it started 404 years ago. So there you go. Okay, so let's leave this one unsolved. <laughs> All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. Oh, my God. We are finishing up all-day breakfast for the day, but we just had a big conversation about conversations, Matt O'Kine. One thing that producer Bron really liked was conspiracy theories, Bron. Yes? Cop this. We finished talking about the conversations. I hit stop on the recording. You know how long it went for? Not necessarily four, how much he edited. It'll be a lot, lot less. 420. No. You know how long it went for? 666. No. No, that's impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't go for seven minutes and six seconds. No. It went for nine minutes, 11. Wow. So read into that what you will, George Um, Bush. And speaking of that, I'm very annoyed with, uh, with both of you for not caring to ask me any more about the time that my plane got hit by lightning. That's a very interesting... Thing to have happen to someone. No, I, I was watching cared. someone talking about it the other day. He just said it was a big bang. Well, I'm not going to tell you about my experience. You don't deserve it. All Go right. on, hit hit record. Well, we'll just say a big, big thank you to Bill Bertles for joining us today. No, Super I'm interesting not going to tell anything about the time that my plane flying from Sydney to Melbourne got hit by lightning. So you lose. Thank you very much, Bill, for okay. hanging out. Um, incredible convo with him. I was asleep. And, um, oh. I was asleep by the window. <laughs> We're going to wrap this bad boy up. Uh, the truth oh, about know, China you know, is You don't deserve book. it. And I find it extremely interesting. And Matt's a little bit concerned about his prospects of uh, going and getting some some authentic dumplings. Well, yeah, I don't want I don't want China to be tracking this. Like, uh, we're just interviewing someone who wrote a Are you saying that book. they track things, Matt? I don't want us to get in trouble for it. I wasn't saying that. Why, why are you saying that? Hey, all I'm saying is leave me out of it. <laughs> all right? I... <laughs> I'm just out here chilling with my family, trying to get some good dumplings and not let my plane get hit by lightning. The last thing I need is to get embroiled in everyone's war drums because of some surveillance and propaganda and blah, blah, blah. I don't, you guys do whatever you want. I'm out. All right. Well, I'm out too. Broad, you out? Let's go. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.